0: Oi, bang! This is Brazuca Sounds, hosted and produced by Leandro Vignoli. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome to Brazuca Sounds. It's February, and that means only one thing in Brazil. It's carnival time. So this podcast is going to be about the history of samba, more than 100 years of music being produced. You shall follow... My Instagram account to Brazuca Sounds for pictures and stories about everything I say here during this show. Uh, we can also follow a Spotify playlist. It's called Brazuca Sounds Soundtrack with all the songs that I play here on this show in full. There are more than 20 hours of Brazilian music already. Obviously the tempo of samba you're listening to on the background is a more modern version, but as I said in the beginning, there are many different types of samba in Brazil and that started all the way back in the 1920s. Once, João Gilberto called Orlando Silva the world's greatest singer And a few interviews. Gilberto actually mentioned Orlando Silva's style as the inspiration for Bossa Nova every single time. Another big fan is obviously Caetano Veloso. In his biography, Verdade Tropical, he suggests that any fan of Brazilian popular music should try to listen to Orlando Silva's recordings to better understand uh, samba. The song in the background is called Alegria, written by Assis Valenti, another great samba songwriter from the earlier days. Uh, Orlando Silva was from a working class family in Rio. By far in the 1940s, he was definitely the biggest name in Brazilian music. He was called the singer of the masses, o cantor das multidões, a combination of the, his charisma, beautiful face, and also obviously this marvelous voice. <laughs> said the song is called Alegria that means happiness was kind of like rephrased and mentioned, like Cartola, for instance, like, Alegria, era o que faltava em mim. Unfortunately, he struggled also with drug and alcohol addiction. He died in 1978 from a stroke, but as Caetano well put it, every Brazilian here I'm sharing with you should know the history of Orlando Silva and his contribution. So this is one of the most famous songs in Brazilian music, right? Falsa Baiana. This is a style of syncopated samba. uh, And the rhythm within the lyrics had a strong influence on João Gilberto, who, in turn, went to make this song very, very famous in his self-titled album in 1973. Obviously, this song has very, very different versions. It is about a Baiana, right? A person from the state of Bahia. But in this particular case, is like a humorous song about this Baiana who doesn't know like to dance. So it's perceived like a fake one. And hence the title of the song, Falsa Baiana. This is my favorite recording of the song by Roberto Silva, who was nicknamed The Prince of samba in the 1940s, and another Silva comes next, now one of the most revered Brazilian samba songwriters in the history, Ismael Silva. The name of this song is "Se si Você Jurar. It was written in 1931, it became one of the songs mostly known in the history of Brazilian Samba in the early beginnings, and also from this guy, Ismael Silva. You probably noticed all these guys so far have the same surname, Orlando, Roberto and Ismael Silva, they are not family members, Silva is a very popular surname in Brazil, is more or less like a Smith in English, comes from Portugal, obviously, and these lyrics here are so nice, and he sings, if you swear that you're gonna give me love, I can regenerate myself, but if you're gonna pretend, woman, I'm not gonna stop playing around. So, it is one of those songs about the bohemian lifestyle, right, the malandro. As we say, the Portuguese like some kind of a bohemian con man who likes to fool around in bars and parties. So in this song he finally met the love of his life, but he really needs to be sure that she loves and otherwise he's not gonna stop doing what he likes to do. And for many people, Ismael Silva is also the inventor of samba as we know it today. Faster, more percussive, with a lot of backing vocals as well, doing this call and response. Not only him, but also his big partner in music the great Noël Raza. So when we talk about samba, we need to talk about Noël Raza or Noël. Alright, his English pronunciation. Noel Hauser was badly deformed uh, from an accident. Right upon his birth, his jaw was severely smashed. Right? He's not exactly a beautiful man. So he actually spent much of his brief adult life in dimly lit bars and cafes in Rio de Janeiro. He really didn't like to appear much. He's a very shy under the shadows kind of a guy, but that did not stop him to compose more than 400 songs, even though he died at the age of 26 of tuberculosis. There's not many in songs with the voice of Noel Rosa, but many, many uh, songs that was written by him. He was like a crucial figure in bringing elements of samba from the Moros of Rio de Janeiro to more upscale neighborhoods. Morro meaning the hillside, right? That places where are concentrated the poor population in Rio de Janeiro, the favelas, the slums, we call it Morro, right? And Noel Rosa obviously was a white man, so that also made all the difference, at least in terms of the audience of the Brazilians in the 1920s and 30s, right? And Noel Rozi was also making the transition of these early sambas that were a little more fast tempo to a more slower type of samba, more melancholic, more about breakup songs, just like the others sung here in the voice of Araci de Almeida. one of the best Brazilian female singers of that early era of samba, and this new genre, subgenre of samba was called Samba Canção, that literally means Samba Songs. So it was a little less about the bohemian lifestyle and more about breakups, heartbroken, sad songs. Aracid Almeida was... Mostly perceived as the voice of Noel Rosa. She ended up performing many, many, many songs written by him. And that type of samba, samba canção. Came in big prominence during the Getúlio Vargas dictatorship in Brazil between 1930 and 1945. Brazil had two dictatorships, right? The most famous is the 1960s and 70s with the military regime. The first dictatorship was not a military one, but obviously also with a lot of lack of freedom and censorship. At that time, the president kind of demanded that Samba lyrics will promote the sort of abstaining citizen worker projected as the ideal Brazilian. So less about Bohemian lifestyle, more about this, like, good citizen, as they like to call. And in all fairness as well, many, many artists, they were well accepted by... Getúlio Vargas' government actually salutes samba as this music genre of Brazil. So he was a guy more connected to the real culture of Brazil, very, very different from the military regime. So the song in the background, O Último Desejo, The Last Wishes, is a prime example of that samba-canção type of slower tempo samba. The president was really trying to make samba this global thing, hence Carmen Miranda became like this worldwide popular name, especially in America, right? Uh, So de Almeida is in the shadows, more or less, of Carmen Miranda. She has completely different style. She doesn't have like her head full of like bananas and very colorful dresses. Quite the opposite. So if you really want to dig deep in the history of Samba in Brazil, you should definitely go after The work of Araci de Almeida, just like the next singer here, Elisete Cardoso. Bate feliz quando te vê, e os meus olhos ficam sorrindo e pelas ruas vão te seguir. Mas mesmo assim Foge de mim Elisete Cardoso is the bridge of Brazilian samba, right? On the background is more like a chorinho. It is the very famous song carinhoso, the songwriter, maestro, flautist, Pichinguinha, when he was only 19 years old. According to Paulinho da Viola, this is the quintessential Brazilian song, right, that traversed the century to such an extent that in any Brazilian bar. Today, if someone picks up a guitar and starts playing this song in the background, everyone is able to sing along. The song was recorded more than 400 times in Brazil for different artists. Obviously, Chorinho, it is like this embryo of samba. It was more melodic as well, other than being more percussive. And I said Elisette Cardoso, the singer here, it was a bridge between everything samba because she had this popular chorinho but she was the very first person who recorded Chega de Saudade, the bolsa nova that became famous afterwards with João Gilberto. Vai minha sem ele não pode ser And obviously Elisette Cardoso also recorded many sambas canção as I was explaining here this is lower version of samba Vou partir não sei se voltarei No nome hoje uh, é carnaval Samba canção U was the big type of music in Brazil in the decades of 30, 40, and the beginning of the 1950s. This one in the background is the song Vou Partir, written by Nelson Cavaquinho. Unfortunately, many of the songwriters at that era, just like Nelson Cavaquinho, for instance, they would only record proper albums late in the 1970s, when they were very late in their lifetime. Cartola recorded his first album when he was 64 Carlos Cachaça when he was 74 and Nelson Sargento a little younger but he was 56 all this in the 1970s and it's impossible to talk about samba in Brazil without mentioning these three guys Alegria Era o que faltava em mim Uma esperança vaga Eu já encontrei so this is the song "Alegria" that I was even singing in the beginning of this show, right? Many of these black samba songwriters from the favelas in Rio de Janeiro they actually used to sell their songs to more prominent singers at the time in order to make money. So that's the reason many of these guys, they never recorded music when the genre was very prominent in Brazil. They will only record later on in the 1970s. Cartola is obviously well known, even worldwide these days. But his music partner is a guy who a lot of people don't know when they shoot. I'm talking about Carias Cachaça. Alvorada, lá no Morro, Que Beleza, Ninguem Chora, No A Tristeza, Ninguem Sente Sabor, E o Sol Colorindo, Edom Lindo, Edom Lindo. So Cachaça was a prolific lyricist, right? But his first and only solo album was recorded only in seventy six mentioned before, he was 74 years old, Uh, he worked mostly for the railway companies to make a living, exactly because all these guys were just... Writing songs and shipping it off to different artists. And this nickname, right, Cachaça, is according to the legend, is because everybody in his community used to go to a bar and drink beer, except for him, who would rather drink a more strong alcohol, right? The quintessential Brazilian spirit, Cachaça. He was only 17, by the way, when he got this nickname. And Carlos Cachaça and Cartola partnership, it was so intense, they ended up marrying two sisters, right? Cartola with Dona Zica, who even appeared in one of his Cartola album covers, and Carlos Cachaça with her sister Menininha. The song on the background, Alvorada, is like a composition uh, by the two of them, all together, Some verses were written by Cartola, some verses were written by Carlos Cachaça. It's a very famous song. Indispensable in the history of Brazilian samba, obviously. tristeza, ninguém sente de sabor e o sol colorindo, é tão lindo, é tão lindo e a natureza sorrindo, tingindo tingindo alvorada, alvorada lá no morro, que beleza que chora samba Agoniza, mas não morre. Alguém sempre te socorre. Antes do suspiro derradei. This is Nelson Sargento. He's a little younger than Cartola and Carlos Cachaça. Actually, he was his pupil. This song is called Agoniza, mas não morre. Agonizes, but never dies. He's talking about samba. Here, right, this gera that comes and goes into the mainstream in Brazilian history, but it never, never, never dies. And Nelson Sargento, for many years, was also the president of owner of the Mangueira Samba School. For many, many years, Nelson Sargento was really more attached by writing music for the samba schools. Right, those more fast tempo. Type of music for the carnival. So his very first album was already recorded in the 1979 from where this song in the background comes from. Before that the song was recorded by the darling of samba, Betty Carvalho. More record labels got interested in to see who was the songwriter, because the song is so absolutely incredible. The lyrics of the song is just amazing. If you want to start learning Portuguese for whatever reason, top five songs to put in your in your playlist is definitely this one Uh, as I'm telling here all these three songs Cartola, Carlos Cachaça and Nelson Sargento were recorded in the 1970s but some of the prime guys from the samba canção era were recording music in the 1950s as well and one prime example is this other guy here the genius Lupicini Rodrigues Entra, meu amor Fica à vontade E diz com sinceridade O que desejas de mim Entra, pode entrar A casa é tua Já que de rua E So this is Lupicínio. He doesn't come from Rio de Janeiro. Actually, he's an unlikely dark-skinned samba composer from the overwhelmingly white state of Rio Grande do Sul, which, by the way, my state. Very sad. Very melancholic. Uh, it's been said that all Lupi songs, he's either betraying or he's betrayed. He's the creator of songs that in Brazil we called Dor de Cotovelo, meaning the elbow pain, uh, which is a Brazilian expression meaning jealousy, but more specifically that sadness that comes for seeing your love with somebody else. And this song on the background, Cadeira Vazia, the empty chair, is recounting a story of a girl she ended up ending the relationship. So this is Lupicinho Rodriguez talking about this empty chair. And it was always reserved for her if someday she decided to come back and although samba canção they had this percussive elements right Unfortunately, they got extremely more orchestrated, like similar to those American crooners like Sinatra and Bing Crosby in the 1940s more or less. So this is what a prototypical samba sound would sound like in the 1940s, right? Way more orchestrated. You can barely hear any percussion on the recording section being replaced by this more serious lounge hotel bar, although this guy on the background, Jamelon, he was one of the few dark skinned singers of that era. Uh, Jamelão obviously crossed many, many generations. He was recording music in the 1950s, like in the background. But growing up in the 80s, like myself, to me, he was like the symbol lead singer of the Samba School Mangueira. So totally the opposite way. He was singing those carnival fast tempo samba songs in the 1980s and 90s, and as I said before, in the late 1950s was when this type of song really became out of fashion, due mostly because of the new guys from the Bossa Nova, which is obviously a type of samba playing a little bit differently. So you see, this is the quite crossover between Samba, some Nova that has been, over the years, labeled Sambalanso. All these trios there was mostly only piano, the acoustic bass. And drumming on the background is literally the name of the subgenre. It is a group called San Balanço Trio, the pianists Cesar Camargo Mariano and the drummer Ayrto Moreira. So they were producing mostly instrumental songs in the 1960s already. We kind of jumped in time here a little bit. This song on the background, Deixa. Was written by the poet Vinicius de Moraes and his music partner Baden Powell. Why, why, why? The Tamba Trio is even older. Their first record came out in 1962. Also, three superb uh, musicians the maestro and pianist Luiz Essa, the bass player Bebeto Castilho, and the drummer Elcio Milito. They will also be the backup band of so many important records of that era, uh, released by Edu Lobo, Nara Leão, among many other artists. This song on the background is So Danço Samba, written obviously by Tom Jobin. So you can clearly hear this crossover between Bossa Nova and Samba, right? Even more specifically, how Bossa Nova really took many of these samba beats, like this. Chiki-tuck, 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 chiki-tuck. and then infused instruments mostly from the jazz arrangements This is the the drummer and his trio Milton Banana Trio Milton Banana is like probably the musician who invented this version of a drumming style, uh, recording the historic Chega de Saudade the debut album by João Gilberto and the also equally historic Gats Gilberto and he was pretty much recording almost everybody else that mattered at the time, Tom Jobim, João Donato, Baden Paz Sergio Mendes. The list goes on and on and on. Uh, Milton Banana also had obviously his trio right? when he came back to Brazil after all those recordings in the US of A, releasing many records in the 1960s uh, for the label Audion. This particular song on the background is from his third record, with its album cover that pretty much kind of summarizes this this samba a beat that I keep mentioning here is when he plays with his drumsticks on the border of these snare drums, right? And around that time, right, the beginning of the 1960s, this other guy came into the scene, mixing it up, blending it out, everything together. It was neither samba, it was neither bossa nova, maybe it was both all together. <laughs> <laughs> E o violão faz chindão, batendo igual meu coração, chindon-dão. Tin, 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 faz o tamborim, tin, tin, tin. E o violão faz chindão, batendo igual meu coração. The song is so iconic, that is Georgie Benn singing about the tambourine, right? This percussion instrument and he sounds like ching jing chin, jing chin. and as i said before with this blending of bossanova and samba george ben was literally inventing a new thing a new beat that's the name of the album it's called samba new system more or less i'm going to make an entire podcast about this record that's turning 60 years the debut album of george ben that's so iconic to the history of Brazilian music and obviously to samba. And the most prominent, I believe, version of samba that mostly people know international. It is this type of samba that I'm going to start referring next. The Partido Alto. Just like these four introductions here. Four different songs. Very similar introductions. And all the main guys. vai Vamos relembrar um samba da antiga, de outro grande mestre, ao sítio histórico da Portela. Espero a nega que o dia ainda chega. Vamos lembrar aquele partido alto que tinha lá no Tassique de Rápido. So you see all these introductions are kind of similar, right? All of them play by this instrument, a frame drum called Pandeiro. Partido Alto was this samba that came into the mainstream in the 1970s. On the background now is Paulinho da Viola with the magnificent song Pode Guardar as Panelas. He was the guy responsible for putting samba back on the map and on the mainstream accompanying this show here, you may also want to hear the Brazil Sounds number 26 that I recorded February last year, the history of samba in 10 albums, so obviously Paulinho da Viola was present there. And as I said in the beginning, right, this style, Partido Alto, originally was more like improvised type of samba. It was really a samba played more like a jam session in backyards, bars, whatever was possible to play a samba. Disser que o pior aconteceu. Pode guardar as panelas que hoje o dinheiro não vê. The pinote adoidado, pedindo emprestado e ninguém emprestou more percussive especially dominated by this instrument called pandeiro and also obviously the cavaquinho or the viola in paulinho da viola's case another great prominent figure from that era and for this particular type of samba the partido alto with joão nogueira Espero, oh nega, que o dia ainda chega. Espero, oh nega, que o dia ainda chega. Eu vou te enfeitar de seda chinesa, de saia de roda, de laço vermelho. No nosso jantar, só você fica viar. Espero, oh nega. Sou João Nagueira, samba, Gripped the Public because it was different from the hillside favelas and obviously very, very different from the beachside apartment style of Bossa Nova. So, João Nogueira was really putting some little spicy on the table. His sambas evoked traditional suburban Rio de Janeiro style, right? It was not even too poor or too rich. It was something in the middle, the middle class Obviously, all these songs was also more uplifting, happy-go-looky, either just like this song on the background, The Fantastic. Espere Onega from his most famous album, Espelho. Espera, nega, que o dia vai chegar. Espera, nega, que o dia vai chegar. Porém, por enquanto. I guess there's no single song ever recorded by João Nogueira that sounds actually very sad. They are mostly on the other spectrum of samba. João Nogueira died... Uh, in 2000 of a heart attack he was only 58 years old uh, his son is a very famous sambista these days Diogo Nogueira another huge enthusiast of this type of samba, Partido Alto is obviously Zeca Pagodinho aquele Partido Alto Eu quero presentear a minha linda Rosela Não é prata nem é ouro É uma coisa bem singela Vou comprar uma faixa amarela bordada com o nome dela E vou mandar pendurar na entrada da favela Eu quero presente Bora, cumpadre Zeca Pagadinho is probably the youngest of all these people who are playing here He's 64 years old today, and he came into prominence in the Brazilian mainstream in the 1980s. It was like an explosion from the gap go right? Because Zeca Pagodinho was really rhyming in a very different flow, also bringing together all those themes of the bohemian lifestyle, right? The Brazilian malandro, the guy just like cutting corners sometimes taking advantage of circumstances here and there. Malandro, this uh, con man, especially in Brazil, has very different connotations. It can be bad, obviously, but it can still be in a good way, right? A person with a swag, with a flow. And this song here, Faixa Amarela, is absolutely beautiful, right? He rhymes in a very interesting way. All the last syllable of every bar finishes with this rhyme of the sound, ela, right? So many different words, amarela, aquela, donzela, and favela. do ela com nortela, e eu vou Zeca Pagodinho is even like one of those crossover type of sambistas in Brazil he had a lot of Partido Alto songs but also a lot of Pagode songs, the subgenre that came from Partido Alto hence his nickname right, Pagodinho and another guy that's huge in this crossover between one thing and the other it is the master uh de portela samba school candeia é bem não é assim que a gente faz com o que tem se a gente ama de verdade oh this introduction here has a lot of the elements familiar with samba right? obviously the big tic-tic-tac-tic-tac-tic-tac-tic-tac-tic-tac-tic-tac-tic-tac frame drum instrument called Repique, we also hear obviously the Cavaquinho, also has this this Scrape instrument, right? The Reco Reco. Another huge characteristic of the Partido Alto songs is this call and response in the music, right? So the lead singer is gonna sing all verses, all bars, and then comes like a group of backing vocals singing the exact same verses afterwards. Condea's life was very short and tough. He spent his last 13 years in a wheelchair paralyzed by a gunshot wounds from like a a, a bra like a road rage kind of fight that he was involved with in the 1960s. And obviously because of that, his verses is also about race, social justice... Samba, obviously. Song in the background is Coisas Banais. It is a partido alto, but it also could be like a samba canção, right? More melancholic and slower tempo. Many of the samba songs have this crossover, obviously. São coisas banais que só têm utilidade para machucar o nosso amor São coisas banais This is like very traditional, comes from the Afro-Brazilian religions, also from the capoeira rounds, like played and danced by the slaves in Brazil. Uh, A great, great motif of Samba de Roda, the more traditional came out of Bahia, and as you can hear there is pretty much percussion, 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 voice, voice, voice. This is a great crossover, right, because this is Samba de Roda, and also traditional Samba, and also crossover of generations. The person singing here, it is like Clementina de Jesus, one of the first female singers uh, in Brazilian samba from the nineteen fifties and sixties. It's a featuring of Clementina and Clara Nunes, the queen of samba in Brazil in the 1980s. So, samba in Brazil has many different subgenres, right? Many different tempos. And another style that's not super popular is this subgenre called samba de breque, that literally means the break samba. Se eu perder esse trem, que sai agora às onze horas, só amanhã e amanhã. I can guarantee you that every single person in Brazil know this song here, with thing that's only composed by Adonira Barbosa in this humorous mix of Italian Portuguese dialect and also the Caipira accent from the countryside of São Paulo. And Adonira is probably the most iconic representative of São Paulo samba style. Uh, so much so that Adonira Barbosa was concerned that he wouldn't be taken seriously as a sambista with an Italian last name. So Barbosa is not his real surname. It's just like a nickname. His real surname is Rubinato. Very, very Italian. And as I said, this particular style of samba, the break samba, uh, is a storytelling songs, right? So this particular song here, Tren das Onze, the 11 o'clock train is about a guy who cannot afford to miss the last train, otherwise he's gonna need to wait all the way into the morning of the next day, and obviously he has nowhere to go especially also because as he sings here he is like a single child and his mom will not sleep until he go back home hey, you need- casa pra olhar, não posso ficar lá Aí meu irmão, cuidado pra não dar mole a cojate Gente... Vou Bezerra da Silva became famous in the 70s, especially in the 80s, for his hardcore uh, sambas about hustlers, right? The bohemian lifestyle, and also the life in the morros, the favelas. For instance, Bezerra da Silva was super into also denouncing government corruption, right? mostly the crooked and brutal police force in Rio de Janeiro. As I said before, he was not born there, but in Recife, but arrived in Rio de Janeiro in the 1940s sneaking on trains and this particular song here is literally about a malandro, malandragem, down tempo, Hustler, give me a break. The chorus of the song is very iconic, where he sings I will roll it up, but I'm not gonna light it up just now. Take a little break, bro. To get high is only a question of time. So this song was released in 1986, so Brazil is kind of in the midst of a transition from the military dictatorship to democracy. So these type of songs it would never, never be allowed in the 1970s, it would definitely be censored, but in 1986 was already a different story. Bezerra da Silva was really pushing the envelope, so much so that in 1990 he also recorded an album where he's on a cross with revolvers in his hands, it's like a pretty wild album cover but that being said, the 1980s was also the time when became prominent, this another subgenre of samba that came from the Partido Alto Pagode Pagode, Don Lara <laughs> Não sora, neném. Não chora neném, meu bem. Não sora. the song here is obviously recorded by Betty Carvalho and it's a pagode, right? Which is mostly associated with round tables, a more free form of samba and Betty Carvalho was probably the first person that acknowledged this term, this subgenre. Pagode originally was just a term to refer to the parties, right? But they became more associated with the music because of Betty Carvalho and her album of 1978 that's literally called No Pagode, In the Pagode. If there's one little thing you can notice from the Partido Alto and these differences, the cavaquinho, the string arrangements and melodies are very, very prominent in pagode songs. Se você é de pagode, esse aí é boca do barão. i tá... This is a song from the singer-songwriter Lecy Brandão, and as I said, right, you can definitely hear these prominent this string arrangements over there, right, the cavaquinho, that in shape it is similar to a ukulele, but it sounds very, very different. Lecy Brandão comes all the way from the 1970s as well, she was like very ahead of her time, she was the very open gay person in samba circles, so very important as well. Lacy Brandão for everybody who lived in Brazil in the 1990s. She was also a commentator on Brazilian TV for the samba school parades. So pretty much everything I know about like samba schools especially, I probably learned from Leci Brandão. This particular song here, she's referencing many, many songwriters, singers, musicians in the history of Brazilian music. The name of the song is Isso é fundo de quintal. Fundo de Quintal is the name of a group, the Found fathers of Pagode in Brazil. Este Pagode é em homenagem a todos os poetas e compositores. Ser poeta é pegar na caneta e com muita calma, olhar a semente do so as you probably noticed, right, Pagode and Partido Alto, they are very similar genres. And to be honest with you, the only way I know the difference is because every artist here that I showed you in Pagode, Beth Carvalho, Leci Brandão, and now Fundo de Cantal, they say it in the intro of the song that this is a pagode, so very straightforward way to recognize. Uh, and Fundo de Quintal, this group, they were tremendously influential uh, in the beginning of the 1980s. They were like a younger generation of Sambistas who congregated in this space called Cacique de Ramos. And Pagode, we can also say it, that is more acoustic version of Partido Alto. This group, Fundo de Quintal, they pretty much invented new ways to play the instruments by basically playing with their hands sometimes a lot of instruments that normally people will play with drumsticks. And also by introducing the banjo in their... Melody Session. And everybody that I mentioned before was more or less involved with them, right? Betty Carvalho, Zeca Pagodinho, Leci Brandão. This group introduced also many of Brazilian sambistas. They are famous in their solo work these days. Jorge Aragão and Adlindo Cruz. And this subgenre of pagode will be later on in the late 80s, beginning of the 1990s, completely co-opted by the music industry Brazil. And many, many times in Brazil, when you refer to this word pagode, most of the people, especially from my generation, are growing up in the 80s, 90s, they normally think this type of pagode, the more pop version. You notice that, right? The, the difference right away. A lot of keyboards. This is one of the mainstream songs in Brazil in the 1990s. The song Cheia de Manias. Cheia de manias vendosa, menina bonita, by the Grupo Raça Negra. Technically, it's a pagode. Uh, On that note, we finish it off this podcast right here. If you liked it, give me a like on Spotify or Apple podcasts. You can also follow me on Instagram, I'm there as Brizuka Sounds. Also, follow a playlist called Brizuka Sounds Soundtrack with all the songs I played here in this show in full. I'm going to come back very soon with a second part only dedicated to the Carnival Parades songs. So stay tuned. Bye-bye. This was Brazooka Sounds with Leandro Vignoli. Thank you for listening and see you next time.